0: Tansley Stearns. Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading community financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Dr. Monica Merritt, superintendent of Plymouth Canton Community Schools. She has also been recognized as Michigan's 2023 superintendent of the year. Monica attributes her strength to the many lessons she learned from her father, Herman Boone, football coach at T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia, whose story was portrayed in the Disney movie, Remember the Titans. This is her story. Who is Dr. Monica Merritt?
1: What a loaded question. Yes. I will say first, um, I am a mother. Mm. I am a wife. Mm -hmm. I'm a daughter. Mm -hmm. An educator, a lifelong learner myself. When I say educator- I believe to my core that I'm a champion for students, and that's really my purpose here on on this earth is to truly work uh, to make a difference in the lives of others. Um, And so I'm a member of a strong community here uh, in Plymouth, Canton, um, and I just want to actively do my part each and every day uh, in the lives of young people to make their experience better so that they can contribute to this wonderful community and beyond. Love that.
0: Finish this sentence for me. The world
1: will be a better place when? The world will be a better place when every individual recognizes their role and responsibility to do their part, to do our part, to make a difference. Kindness, respect, helping each other. And I think that if everyone could recognize that we also have so much power as individuals, we could collectively make this world so much better.
0: When your your happiest, most joyful moments,
1: you're listening to laughter, joy, um, children, my own children in my home. Sometimes when things are stressful, just listening uh, to that laughter it, it centers me. Going into a classroom any day that is by far the favorite part of this job. Um, just listening to to ideas and collaboration and and just that spirit of of joy and gratitude. um, It makes me happy. It's my happy place. I know we don't do this a lot anymore. And
0: is there an album that you'll listen to from first song to last song?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is my tradition. Yes. Um, Every holiday, I love the Temptations (gasps) Christmas album. Oh. I put that on. I drive my husband crazy because (laughs) I play it over and over and over again. It's just my thing every year. And it actually goes back. um, It's his father. His father uh, introduced me to that album. And it's just um, it's kind of our tradition. So give love on Christmas Day. That's my favorite probably song on the album. I cook to it. I'm playing it in the kitchen (laughs) over and over again on repeat. And when do you start listening? Like the day after Thanksgiving? Or nope, when does it come just, out? It, it truly is the uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. You wait. Yeah. Okay. So I wait. wait. And that's that time period that I'm prepping um, and just listening to it throughout that weekend. <laughs> that's great. Tell me about a time you laughed out loud recently. Every single day of my <laughs> life. If anyone who knows me, laughter is synonymous with Monica Merritt. Um, I try to find joy and in everything and i think it just relieves uh stress to just be able to laugh um my father uh, he, he when he first came here to visit he said i heard you around the corner when i walked through the door <laughs> <laughs> so people will say you know monica Vera is here when you hear laughter so for me i can't find one time it is um it is a part of who i am
0: when was the last time you danced so hard your feet were sore what
1: a great question Uh, What comes to my mind is this summer, Mm -hmm. um, one of my best friends had a birthday party. And through the pandemic, we haven't really had time to get together. Um, It was an outside party. Um, And it was just uh, live music. And we danced, we danced, we danced. It was in their home. It was in their backyard. So uh, they said, hey, we have to shut this down pretty early. But all of us, I think, were just so excited to just feel this sense of normalcy again Mm -hmm. that we danced outside under the stars uh, till really late that night. And my feet were very sore. I think most ladies on the dance floor had their feet off. But she was so thoughtful, she purchased (laughs) flip-flops. Oh, that's so great. Yes, that that was a great experience. When was the, when you feel down, you heal by? Um, I will share um, my daughter, Mackenzie. She has Down syndrome. And Mackenzie has had so many health challenges and struggles throughout her life. But that young lady never complains. And... um, when I am down or going through challenges, I think about her and just her perseverance and her, her fortitude and the fact again that she doesn't complain and it just lifts me to say whatever I'm going through, it's going to be okay. And and she truly inspires me in that way and lifts me up and say shake it off and just keep moving forward. I'd forgotten we both have Mackenzies. Yes, that's true. <laughs> about that? Something special about that's it. That's right. There is. There is. Who is someone you look up to? So absolutely, hands down, would be my father. Um, I think most know that my father, um, legendary coach Herman Boone, he was uh, the name behind the movie, Disney's movie, Remember the Titans. And um, he's just been such an inspiration to me my entire life. Uh, He did pass in 2019, but I tell you, his voice still, his words, they live on, they're so much stronger to me now, I think, than when he was present with me, just from a young age going into education my father would actually uh, wake us up in the morning and he would say if you didn't wake up planning on making a difference in somebody's life today then carry yourself back to bed <laughs> and so that's instilled in us make mm-hmm. a difference in someone's life and I knew I had to get into a, a field of service and giving back and you know my father and mother were both educators so that was just kind of an easy choice for me um he always taught us about adversity don't run away from adversity. Um, you look it in the face and, and take it on head on. Um, and so I believe that he's just inspired me and in so many in terms of my pathway with family, uh, professionally with my career, and just contribution to society to just um, give it your all, work to make a difference. And what he would say is your best is good enough, right? And so just try to be your best and know that that's okay. So it, still gives you a a spirit of competitiveness (laughs) because he set the bar high for the best was perfection. That was his benchmark, but um, truly just has been such an inspiration uh, to me personally and to be able to watch his influence on so many people now um, continues to, to, to propel me forward.
0: Nature or nurture? What makes you the person you are today? I believe it's both. The lessons we learn in our youth shape our responses given our hardwired personality traits. Monica gives a lot of credit to her upbringing as she navigates her profession with grace and a contagious laugh. Learning about our work personalities brings powerful insights to manage our energy better. This is why we invest in learning about our big five personality traits at Community Financial to adjust how we complete work and interact with one another. Are there any favorite personality models you're leveraging today? Tell us about your impossible.
1: That is a, a difficult question, right? Mm-hmm. The impossible. So I would say two things come to my mind. One is just slowing down, right? Oh. <laughs> slowing down and just staying in the moment yeah. because it's just constant. But that impossible, what keeps me going is just the belief that every student in our district They're so talented and they have the right to excellence and um, opportunity and access. And that's something that we continue to to face challenges with. We're a high-performing school district, but every student in Plymouth-Canton doesn't have the same outcome, right? And so that impossible, when you look at achievement gaps, when you look at poverty, when you look at just challenges that young people shouldn't have to face as a result of this pandemic, our, our, our mental health issues have, uh, have grown and wanting to be able to provide students with everything that they need to be successful individually, which looks so different for 16,000 students. You know, you have that vision, that's your mission. We have all of the support from the boardroom to the classroom on making sure that every student has what they need. And with that, we still have outcomes where every student is not able to achieve. And so I would think um, I don't want to use that word impossible because I'll never let go of that vision that all things are possible. You continue to work until we achieve. But that's something that does keep me up at night Mm -hmm. because our students deserve um, the best. So you've talked a bit about this. What are some of the challenges
0: that you faced that seemed
1: insurmountable? I'll tell you, I keep going back to that pandemic. I'm glad to be coming out of it. But I will tell you, in the role of superintendent, we didn't have a playbook. And there's such um, expectations for what are you going to do? And I think that there has never been more of a divisive time in our community. So every decision that you make, you have half of the community in support and half of the community upset. And I think because we're crossing over into... You know, health and we are educators and we're making decisions that that many feel should be decisions that they're able to make for their children that became um, a really divisive uh, time. And again, people expect that we had all of the answers, but we didn't. And so we tried to just keep focused on what was best for students in every decision that we made. Uh, And coming out of that pandemic, at times it felt like it was insurmountable. Um, but coming out and even looking at our achievement scores, we have surpassed national averages for reading, for example. Um, I think some of the choices that we made, we started off on a half day. We focused on numeracy and literacy, mm-hmm. and there were some people that disagreed, but we see that our students were were on track. And so um, definitely a challenge we made it through, but there were times that we just thought – <laughs> how, how are we going to get through this? I'm so proud of our district, though, because I do believe that we got through it together again with keeping our mind focused and our decisions focused on making um, all of our decisions on what we believe was best for students, student first.
0: The pandemic has taught us so much. We experienced the ups and downs of dealing with incomplete data and trying to make better decisions. We had big wins. We had devastating losses. Leaders had to embrace uncertainty during a time when understandably, highly charged emotions were ever present. What I've learned is this. In the darkest of times, we all have a choice to play in our role in reducing uncertainty. We do this by planning, preparing, evaluating tough choices, and often choosing the lesser of two bad options. This is the burden of leadership that some are brave enough to carry forward. Was there a point during your journey that you felt like giving
1: up? I will say that um, I am proud of myself. I completed my doctorate in May of 2022, Yay! but there were many times along that journey that probably for the first time I really thought about giving up. So wow. I'm one who, going back to my father, we really don't quit on things. But through that time period, my my uh, parents both were were ill. I lost both of my parents in 2019, nine months apart, um, and wanted to quit then. Wow. Uh, then we entered the pandemic, right. and leading this district through the pandemic while trying to to get my degree, I I wanted to quit then. Um, but I just had such a team. I think it's so important when you talk about having your village that just supported me and continued to push me through to say that this was one of your dreams and, you know, you need to continue and, and whatever you need, we we have your back. We'll get through this together. And um, I'm so fortunate that I didn't quit in that process and that now I can actually uh, say that I achieved that that lifelong dream for me. But, yeah, many days that I thought about, not right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Would you say, share a story about a time when things went bananas and now you can look back on it and laugh?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this. I am one. Everyone knows that um, I don't like surprises. So okay. that's if I think in a professional space, my team always knows. I don't care how challenging it may be. Just let me know and we'll figure out what problem solve together. Um, and so um, just on October the 25th, we a board meeting. Um, We have a structure for the board meeting. Everybody knows what to expect. And I start seeing people come in the room and I'm like, what's what's going on here? What's going on here? That was actually the announcement of the award for the MASA superintendent of the year. And for that moment, it felt like everything went bananas. I went through every emotion that's possible. I'm nervous. I'm feeling shocked, like... Hey, I don't know what to expect here. What's happening here? Yeah. Um, but then the after effect, I laughed and um, we we continued to talk about. Like that's one surprise. I'm glad that no one let me know because that was allowing me to authentically experience that moment. But oh that goodness. time period when a feeling like what's going on here? Right? I have no clue. That was a. Uh, That was something else. That was was probably tough for them to keep. Yes. I still, for for even uh, my husband, I said to him, how did you keep this from me? I would have worn a different outfit had I... (laughs) (laughs) But we definitely have a lot of stories to laugh about from that evening.
0: I love it. Achieving your impossible is one thing, but there aren't any fairy tales with happy endings. We reach milestones. We keep going. What challenges do you
1: see your impossible still facing? Um, daily challenges, if I go back to that that vision and mission of ensuring that every student has what they need, that's what we're working on, but the outcome, when we're truly a place that people are coming to Plymouth Canton to say, how did you eliminate achievement gaps? How did you ensure that 100% of your students graduate? How did you ensure that every student literally has Whatever experience they need to have that positive outcome, um, that will that challenges every day. And I have an amazing team of uh, administrators, teachers, support staff. Truly, I call them PCCS the, the Village. Um, just problem solving and figuring out together. Again, from the boardroom providing the resources to the team that says if this approach is not working, we have to be willing to take risks at risk and abandon what may not work, look at our data and say, let's try things differently. So I maintain that, that hope and optimism that as long as we have this plan, we've cre- created our dynamic plan, that's our strategic plan on how we're moving forward towards these goals, that as a team, we're going to accomplish that impossible. It's a challenge every single day, but we won't give up until we get there.
0: What is your advice for people with impossible dreams who have a fear of inaction to use that fire in their belly to move in to advancing
1: their impossible? I think that when you feel that fire in your belly, pay attention. It's the urgency of now, because at times we look to say, I have to have, I have to check all of these boxes before I can take action. But tomorrow is not promised. And so the time is now to take action. And again, fail forward. You may try something that doesn't work, but you tried. Mm -hmm. And so I would continue. I I advise myself, my staff, try to just model that, that we can't wait for tomorrow. It starts with us. And when we're looking to make a difference, change begins with us and it begins now. What's your next impossible, my friend? I just think again, I try to model a lot uh for all balance living life to the fullest, slowing down, staying in the moment um that's a that's for me is uh that's my next impossible mm-hmm. right is to achieve that because I think as we do this work that's so it's such a privilege and such an honor to do that work that we do in education, we change lives and being able to slow down, and realize that we're living in our purpose, celebrate accomplishments along the way as we continue to tackle the challenges and have that balance and truly make a difference in the world. That's my next impossible is to get there and practice what I preach. (laughs) This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at DespiteImpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.